0: Hello, and welcome back to The Book Crooks. I'm your host, Irvin Cujo. And I'm your host, Luca Fornari. All right, so today we are here to talk
1: about a new release by Neil Schusterman. It's called Game Changer. The author does a very good job in this book of looking at a lot of issues of race and identity from a lot of different angles. And maybe through our analyzation of the racial representation in this book, you can take some of these ideas and transfer them to your own reading. So stay tuned for more. So, Urban, how'd you like the book?
0: I I really liked the book. It was a uh, it was a bit it was kind of simple. Um, basically, you have this kid named Ash, and he's a football player. And every every week at his football game, he gets hit so hard that he changes into he travels through dimensions. And in each dimension, he learns something new about himself, it's something new about society around him. Um, this book has focuses on many different issues, but most, most especially, and the thing we're going to focus on
1: most here, is its relationships with race. And the way we're going to look at this racial aspect of the story is not through Ash himself, but through his black friend Leo, which stays close to him throughout the story. Um, in the first parallel universe, the biggest change is that Brown versus Board of Education, which desegregated schools, never actually desegregated schools, so it was overturned. And yeah, just through that change, we can see how, di- how different Leo's life becomes and how Ash's life becomes from the default normal world. And so
0: um, to help us with our analyzation of Leo's character, um, we're going to be utilizing the work of Dr. Ebony Thomas and her book, The Dark Fantastic, which um, takes a look at the role of people of color in um, youth literature. And so using her work, we're going to uh, try and um, examine and see how Leo uh, as a character compares to other people of color in similar um, books and movies.
1: Yeah, so Leo before the, in the first world and Leo in the second world were quite different people, huh? Yeah, so um,
0: in the original universe that, that um, Ash and Leo come from, uh, Leo is a very intelligent. He's at the top of his class. He's um, getting recruited both athletically and academically to the t- top colleges in the United States. and he just really has a bright future ahead of him. Um,
1: yeah, and that's in stark contrast with the second world, where he's I mean, he's working at the supermarket to support his family. He's barely scraping by in school because obviously if it's a segregated country, the schools are not gonna be comparable between the two races. And yeah, he's always, yeah, it's definitely a big difference
0: between the two. Yeah, and you can also see that um, in the first universe, he's really passionate about his, about, about uh, topics like political topics and things about race. And he really has a, a fire inside of him. And he really he really just gets him going and he's not afraid to speak his mind. But in the second universe, he's a lot more subdued. He's a lot more s- cynical because um, just the, the weight of
1: the world that he lives in just has, has brought him down in a lot of ways. Yeah, it's interesting, actually, because this kind of reminds me of Dr. Thomas's like subverts and stereotypes, that which she said that black and POC characters often fall into. Uh, he doesn't fall into any of them in the first world, but he falls into this stereotype of kind of working class kind of uh, – disadvantaged black man that he falls into in a second world where kind of the odds are all switched around against them
0: yeah and especially like the whole um he's like he's, he's he still has his, his spirit but it's more angry rather than like passionate right, and you can really see that in the second half
1: yeah his priorities have to be reallocated because i mean he can't be worrying about social justice when he has to be Like, grinding to put food on the dinner table for his family. Exactly, yeah. Now Now here's some words from our sponsor.
0: You're not out there driving a Chevy, are you? You need a Ford. Your heart desires a Ford. Get the all-new Ford F-150. Made with traction tires. All road, all set. <laughs> so in a similar way that um, Leo's character changes a lot between the two halves of the story, you can see that his purpose, his role in the story changes just as much, if not more. Um, and so in the, be- in the first section, Leo is a lot more of an active sort of um, speaking role in the story he's he's really actively trying to change the mind of Ash and help him see that certain things that Ash is I think are a big deal are actually are a big deal uh, surrounding race things like affirmative action or other or um, police brutality or things like that um, but then in the second half of the story where um, Leo is in a much different situation um, his, his he really, he really does that less by talking to Ash but more just showing him the way he lives showing his life. his life is a lot worse um off and he he really is like a a living demonstration of the racism in the world that uh, they're now in um and so in in some ways if you uh relating to um dr Thomas's work, you can see that. The first role definitely subverts um a lot of uh stereotypes in how um black characters are seen um as 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 in in he he really feels a lot more of a of like a wizened mentor role mm-hmm. but then in the second half you can see it's it's in a, in a way it's kind of similar to how what the thing she talks about in her book with uh, a character in the Hunger games named rue and she's a black character who really feels more like a, like a sacrifice character, more like a, a demonstration in how evil people can be, and Leo kind of feels like that at, at some point in the second half of the story.
1: Yeah, a big part of that feeling that way is when Leo actually goes to jail. Um, pretty much, he goes to jail for completely, I mean, it definitely happened, it wouldn't have happened the same if he was a white character. I mean, he was trying to save a guy who stole a, a chicken or something, what was it, from the store? And he was trying to save him from getting, like, shot by his own boss. So he jumped at his boss, who was holding a gun, and, like, took him to the ground just so he wouldn't shoot this, like, poor guy who was just trying to eat. And, yeah, I mean, the, the author, Neil Schusterman does a really good job of not falling into the white savior plot line which um, Dr. Thomas discusses. Because when Leo goes to jail and Ash comes to visit him and try to get him out, he actually can't get him out. And, yeah, the white savior plotline has, like, roots in colonialism of the white man coming and, like, solving all the problems. So that was very good of the author not to fall into that, like Dr. Thomas discusses, as a negative thing.
0: Yeah, and so, like, a, a large portion of the thing is that Ash realizes that he can't save, he can't solve everything. And that's a really big point of growth for him, and so it really makes the story better off for it
1: All right yeah it's really like the conversations that ash and leah were having in the original world came to actually happen like in real life events in this second segregated world so the last topic we wanted to talk about was
0: about the author himself Neil neil schusterman and so before i read the book and while i read the book um i had seen a picture of him and i and i and most i think most other people assumed that he was black yeah me too um but then he, then when I was doing some research before for making this podcast, I realized that he didn't identify as black.
1: Yeah, there was an rev- interview with him on Book Riot, and they talked about his race. And he said, yeah, I don't really identify as a POC, which was really shocking to me because, I mean, this whole book was very like heavily revolving around being of color and like racial issues. And I thought he'd write it from the standpoint of a black man. But it turns out he didn't. And because he doesn't identify as a POC, he doesn't necessarily say that he identifies as white. He just kind of made it seem like he didn't fit into any of the boxes. So he just preferred to not name a specific label on his race. Yeah,
0: and so I found that really, really interesting because it's not it's rarely ever you, you find like a story about race that comes from a person who doesn't fit into a racial group, you know, because. Um, And that might have had a little bit of an effect on the way he writes his characters because he doesn't necessarily fall into a lot of the the tropes that you can see a lot of white authors falling into. Such
1: as the white savior plotline that Dr. Thomas talks about, which we discussed before.
0: Exactly. Um, But he also isn't writing from the perspective of a black character, of a black person. And so that might have been a reason why he didn't focus his focus more on the black characters in the story but he does write leo in a very dynamic way which is really interesting
1: mm-hmm. yeah because i mean he's probably like even though he doesn't identify as a poc he's probably experienced things the same way pocs do just perceived because of, as a person yeah the way he people. looks um which yeah i thought my first thought when hearing this was that this would give him like more like objective view in some way to like look at all the characters from like a different ground because he doesn't have any personal experience with one of them. But then, again, I thought, like, the way he would be treated would be as a POC just because of the way he looks. Yeah, you
0: can't, you can't will yourself out of being perceived as a race. Right, so,
1: yeah. Yeah, I yeah. All righty. Yeah, that about wraps it up. I really, yeah, I feel like I was thinking about this a little bit more, and I thought... I mean, obviously this is a fiction book because no one really hops universes that we know of. However, I think when they actually were in the different universes, particularly the normal world like the one we live in and the Brown versus Board of Education getting overturned and schools being segregated world, I feel like if we were actually there, if somehow that decision was actually real in this world, I feel like things wouldn't be that different from the way the author describes them. Like, yeah, obviously it's fiction, but like, there's some very realistic elements to the story. And yeah, particularly tracking Leo along with the change in his environments, I think was done very well.
0: Mm-hmm. And, but with some of that realism, you get some perhaps um, negative um, points because well, it may be realistic for Leo to be in the situation he is in the story, it um it fall it definitely falls into some tropes um that we talk about um, with how he see, he comes off as a sort of a sacrificial lamb at some points in the story, um, but overall he um the Schusterman does a really good job of crafting his characters and making them just
1: well rounded and that's really well done. Mm-hmm. If you've made it this far, thanks for joining us for this week's episode on The Book Crooks. Um, Yeah, I think we had a really good conversation about racial representation. And I hope that gave you some food for thought.
0: Join us next week for our review of the newest Diary of a Wimpy Kid book. Has Jeff Kinney finally jumped the shark? Find out next week. I'm your host, Irvin Cujo. And I'm your host, Luca Fornari. This has been The Book Crooks. See you later. Keep it sleazy.